Good morning. I'd like to welcome everybody here to Scout Sunday 2017 at Boyle Springs Baptist Church. Um, we're very glad that you uh, were able to join us for worship here today. Uh, I'm just going to be real brief this morning. We've got a lot of stuff that we're, that's going to happen today and uh, as, as we worship our Lord. Uh, I just want to thank the church for supporting the Scout Troop for going on 75 years. We're not exactly sure exactly where that's at right now, but we're working on it. Uh, and uh, and, and we, uh, we just very glad that we have a church family that's supportive of uh, the scouting organization uh, and the values that it represents. Uh, so um, with that said, uh, let's all worship together. Thank you. Um, we've been doing the same congregational call to worship for a few Sundays now, and now that you know it, I thought it would be nice to do it with the guitar. So Henry Hamrick has agreed to play guitar for us this morning. So if you would, uh, please join me in singing Will you, the first stanza of Will You Come and Follow Me as our call to worship. opening hymn and Miss Ellen wanted me to invite the children to come forward during the singing of the opening hymn not at the end but at the beginning of the singing would you please join me in singing love lifted me number 546 
what does the month of February mean? Valentine's Day. Day. What do you do on Valentine's Day? I know it's hard, isn't it? But I'm sure you have a favorite friend that you'd like to give a Valentine's. Get what? Give thanks. You're still thinking, aren't you? Do you have a girlfriend? No. Okay. Well, that's something that's usually special about Valentine's Day. But it's also a day we show love, don't we? Yep. Yep. That's right, isn't it, James? Who do you give Valentine to? People. To people. That's right. Do you have a class at school? Do you give everybody a Valentine? And what does the Valentine say? Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Something like that. Well, do you know what? You gave out verses today to people in the church that said something about love. But do we have to do that on Valentine's Day? No, we don't, do we? We can do it every single day of the week. Because I want you to look at my Bible. What are all those red spots in my Bible? Hearts. And do you know what they mark? They mark God's message of love to us. Are they just for Valentine's Day? No. God has messages of love for us every day. Here's one that we all know. Put my glasses on, I might can see better. How about this one? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Is that telling you God loves you every single day, isn't it? So Valentine's Day doesn't have to be just to give the special day of love. God says, open up your Bible. Look, I found another one. Matthew 19, 19, and this is a very special one. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you have done something kind this week that you wouldn't have thought about doing it? I know you two are getting a kindness treat every morning, aren't you? A love treat. Tucker, what are you getting? Uh, The 28 days of That's exactly right. Your mom is putting a note on your door for 28 days of love. That is so special. See, it doesn't take a lot. So I want you to try really hard this week, every day, to think of something very simple that you can say that expresses not only God's love for you, but your love for somebody else. Can we do that? Okay, let's pray. Dear Jesus, this is a special day. This is the day that you gave us to love you, to honor you, to adore you. We ask that you keep these precious children safe, protect them and their families. You are the only one who knows how to fill our hearts with love. As we, in our own simple way, try to share, try to give it away, open our eyes, our hands, and our hearts to be more lovable, more kind, 
to whomever it might be. It might make their day. We ask these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Shining like stars is the theme of the 2017 week of prayer for, Heck, the, for the Heck Jones offering and for WMU in North Carolina. The scripture theme comes from Philippians 2, 14 through 16a. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and poor children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the world, word of life. Some scholars who have studied the theme scripture tell us that when Paul wrote shining like stars, he meant go against the crowd, the social norm, what's expected, and stand out against the dark, depraved world. Fanny E.S. Heck, age 24, and Sally Bailey later Jones was 16. They were young women of wealth. They spent many hours across the tracks bringing hope and help to disadvantaged children. They were from the well-to-do families. They were intelligent and they were founders. They were the founders of North Carolina WMU. So it is fitting that the offering for North Carolina's WMU should be named for these two servants who shone like stars. WMU North Carolina gets its operating expenses and budget from interested individuals, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, and the Baptist State Convention churches. In your bulletin this, bulletin this morning, you will find a prayer guide that looks like this, shining like stars for the week of prayer. On the back page of this guide, is a breakdown of how WMU will use this dub, uh, Heck Jones offering. <coughs> Excuse me. The goal for this offering this year is $400,000, and the goal will be used to further the ministries and the missions of WMU in North Carolina. In our church, WMU consists of two women on missions groups. Actings is not active at this time, but we have GAs, RAs, and mission friends. We will be taking this offering during the month of February, with the in-gathering being on February the 26th. Thank you, Barbara, for sharing that. WMU is a great ministry, uh, one of many that we support through your offerings, through sometimes as this month special offerings, and then our regular budgeted offerings as well. And so we are grateful for the women and many of the men that are also involved in the work of the WMU. And so Barbara, thank you for sharing that with us this morning. Daryl, thank you, and boys, young men, thank you for leading us in our call to worship this morning. Uh, we are glad you're here today, and I know your families are with you as well, and we are also glad that you're here uh, with us today, and thank you for helping with our offering here in just a few moments. I uh, appreciate Daryl and all his leadership. Uh, for how many years have you been serving, Daryl, in leadership? <laughs> the jury's out on that one as well. A few, right? So thank you for all that you do. Uh, we have many in our church that need our prayers at this time this morning. Uh, we have some in Charlotte, um, dealing with different health issues. We want to be mindful of Catherine Hamrick, who went there um, uh, a couple days ago as some heart concerns, but things are 
headed in the right direction there without going into all the details. And so let's be in prayer for Catherine. Uh, also, Nancy Marsh is in Asheville. Uh, this is Terry Wallace's uh, mother. It's often here on Sunday mornings, and we want to be in prayer for her as she's in Memorial Mission there in Asheville. And also Tom Hamrick is in Asheville. We want to be in prayer for him. And then Bonnie uh, Dowdy and I had the privilege of visiting with Charlene Presbytero yesterday, and she is in the final hours or days of her life, and we want to be uh, in prayer for her and her son, Tony, and the family as they care for her at this time. Um, we have many things to rejoice over here at Boiling Springs Baptist, but we also have many that are in desperate need of our thoughts and prayers and um, ways that we can show those who are struggling going through difficult times as well. I would challenge you to join me and others in ways that we can extend God's love to them at this time. Join me for a time of prayer this morning. Father, we're grateful for your presence in our lives and we're grateful for the love that you have extended to us that is manifested in and through our lives. Father, we pray that this love would be uh, seen and observed in our lives, in the lives of those who, who know you and walk with you. Father, we confess we often fall short of your will for our lives. But God, we pray that people would see not a perfect individual, but one who follows you, one who knows you, and one who seeks to live out the life that you've called us to. Father, as we come together as your body, as one body, made up of many different parts, we come together today to lift up these within our fellowship that are struggling physically. We pray for Catherine Hamrick, for Tom there in Charlotte. We pray for Nancy Marsh in Asheville, for Charlene as she's in her final, final hours and final days. Father, we pray that your spirit would be very close to this family and that, Father, that you would be the good shepherd to these families, to these individuals, and many others who are going through difficult times right now. Father, we've mentioned health concerns, but we're also aware of many in this room today that are faced with decisions that need to be made in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Father, we pray that they would look to you and that you would give them guidance and that, Father, that they would discern your will for their lives. Father, for relationships that are struggling this morning, we lift them up to you and we ask that you would intervene and that you would bring peace and that you would bring a sense of your presence into these relationships. Father, others in our community that aren't here today that are struggling, Father, help us to know how we can come alongside them and share that journey with them, this journey of life, this journey of ups and downs. Father, may they see your people as people who love them and people who uh, choose uh, to get involved in sometimes what is a messy part of life and it's complicated and sometimes we don't have all the answers. But Lord, teach us more about what it means to be your people and teach us more about what it means to love you with all of our heart our mind, our soul, and our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Father, we lift up our world today and our nation and its new leaders. Father, many decisions uh, and, 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 and just a lot of uh, transition and, and um, wisdom and knowledge that's needed right now. So, Father, we pray for, uh, we pray for them, and uh, we ask that you would bless them with that knowledge and wisdom that is needed in important decisions that are now being made. Father, we lift up our missionaries, both here at home and around the world, that seek every day many and dangerous and uh, conflictual type of situations that, Lord, continue to share, continue to, to demonstrate your love to people uh, that don't look a lot like us and that um, uh, have values and, and systems set up that are very different from our own. But, Father, we pray for these missionaries, help them to be fruitful, provide for them and protect them as they serve you in other countries. Lord, we love you. We commit this day to you. And we lift up these concerns in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen.
Our next hymn is The Love of God. Um, it was written in 1917, or at least it was copyrighted in 1917. And um, it's not in our hymnal, but I know many of you have sung it over the years. And if you haven't, we're not always able to do this, but we're fortunate enough to be able to put the words and the notes on the screen. So you can read the words from your bulletin or you can read them from the screens. If you would, please join me in singing The Love of God. Please stand. say this, but I've been told, I have to remind folks that I served uh, here with the, the scouting program uh, many years there, was extremely happy to, to, to be able to have that uh, experience. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of lessons learned the hard way and the easy way in the scouting program, and I'm just really thankful that, uh, that, that we're able to, to honor y'all and to be able to, to charter uh, a troop that, that, that does such good things. Uh, and I, I was an Eagle Scout and uh, hope that all of y'all that, that aren't already are able to, to obtain that. That's a, a something that they can't ever take that away from you. And uh, so let us pray. Dear Lord, I, I thank you for 
allowing this church to be able to charter a troop. Lord, I, I pray that you guide and lead all the young men that are in Troop 117 uh, to help them through their journey. Lord, I also pray that you help the leaders, that you give them the, the guidance and the knowledge and the wisdom to help lead the boys. Lord, we, we pray that uh, we give this offering with love and that, that you bless, bless this offering and that, that your will is done with it. In your name we pray, amen.
Good morning. If, if you'd like to follow me along in the Pew Bible, you can turn to page 881 and from the Gospel according to Mark. I'm going to read first uh, chapter 12, verse 28, and read through verse 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that, he answered them well. Ask him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher, you have truly said that he is one and there is no, no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all, your, all of the understanding and with all the strength and, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that, he answered wisely. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any question. Now, if you want to turn to page, it's on page 998 in the Pew Bible, uh, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one from one for one another. Okay, and now for 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Make love your aim and earnestly desire the spiritual, spiritual gifts. And I think Keith's going to, another translation I think he's going to reference is, let love be your highest goal. And then lastly, from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14, let all that you do be done in love. with that this morning. Each Sunday during February, you're going to hear a different song as I come to the pulpit that's going to have a lot to do with the sermon. Uh, these uh, few first few days of February have been exciting. This is the first Sunday that we have entered into our and as a part of our 28 Days of Love emphasis. But many of you began doing something on February the 1st to let others know, whether it be in your family or in your place of employment or in the community of, of love. And we've talked about this. Sunday school classes are beginning to do something. And if you have not signed up uh, for our local business to, to show and to demonstrate God's love to them, would encourage you to do that just outside my office door. But today is the first sermon in the series that is also called 28 Days of Love. And uh, I think if we're all honest, we could all say we could use a little help in this area. Would you agree with me in that? Can we, put, can we start on common ground there that I think we could all use a little help uh, when it comes to love? Sometimes it's simple and sometimes culture helps us with that on Valentine's Day or Christmas and uh, Tooth Fairy Days and, and uh, other, other things like this. But um, uh, there's other days when love is the most difficult thing and almost humanly impossible when it comes to our own strength. And so I think we could all use a little love 
uh, use a little more help on this. I am not, um, today's just a beginner course. We've called it Love 101. And I'm certainly no love doctor. However, I do need to point out uh, that would be the doctor that's on Renee's birth certificate. Her doctor, her labor and delivery doctor was Dr. Love. So I, knew you, I know you wanted to know that this morning, so I just thought I would share that with you. I'm not lying. It is. It's, it's on her birth certificate, Dr. Love. But um, Mark 12 is one, of the most, is one of the greatest passages of Scripture. You know, we can get sidetracked at times. We, we think of and learn as we're a child, hopefully. And um, if you haven't, you know, I would encourage you to go back to them. But we learn the commands in the Old Testament. What are the things that God asks of the Hebrew people? Um, somebody's told me that there are over 600 commands in all of the Old Testament. Does the choir know those? You guys know those commands? Um, I seen, I saw a couple heads nodding there. Um, but, um, Moses boiled it down to 10 commands. Jesus boiled it down to two commands. And I often tell people I'm trying to work on one and that's to love the Lord, my God, with all of my heart, with all of my soul and with all of my strength. And some days I can hit that mark and other days, not so much. And if you're like me, I think you would share that as well. But Jesus boiled it down to two. He said to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to be looking at um, many verses over the course of this month that have to do with love, and that we still will not even begin to scratch the surface on all the Scripture has to say about love. You were given a little slip of paper this morning, a little memory verse. Each Sunday, you will be given another memory verse. This one, this Sunday, since they're so short, I put one on the front and one on the back. And what you can do is, if you so choose, you can put that on a keychain uh, you could probably work its way into a zipper somehow, or you could, you could put it somewhere, tape it, put it in your dash by your speedometer there. Don't cover up your speedometer. That's important. But maybe put it somewhere where you would see it every day. Um, maybe tape it on a mirror and then flip it around halfway through the week or something like that. But uh, the first verse was, let love be your highest goal. After going through 1 Corinthians 13 and talking about love is patient, love is kind, the whole chapter, we all know it's read at most weddings, 1 Corinthians 13. As Paul goes into 1 Corinthians 14, it says, he says once again, let love be your highest goal. Not success, money, power, prestige, accolades, but let love be your highest goal. Another scripture verse that's on the backside of your little slip there, and if you don't have one, there are a few up here and we can get you one. The kids did a great job trying to hand those out to everyone this morning and I appreciate that. The other scripture verse says, everything you do must be done in love everything. That's tough. I don't know about you, but that's tough for me. Does this include um, how I treat my server at the restaurant? Let everything we do be done in love. Does this include people who think differently, even think differently about decisions that are made within our country right now? Does this mean that I need that everything I do must be done in love? I'm afraid so. That's what scripture demands. It's what scripture asks of us. One of my pet peeves is people that get on the, the, um, uh, ramp as you come. When I think about everything must be done in love, I must not retaliate. I must not do anything. When I'm driving down that ramp to get on the interstate and somebody stops to wait on all the traffic to go by, everything I do must be done in love. So I have to watch what I say and what I think at those times as well. And I'm sure we all have, you may have another pet peeve. Um, why does he say this? Why does he say that everything we do must be done in love? Is it because God is the God of love. His number one characteristic is that of love. And he wants you and I to look more like him. The more we spend time with him, the more we are growing in our faith and deepening our faith, the more he wants you and I to reflect the love that he had for mankind. We often throw the word love around. 
you know? We talk about love for country. We talk about love for sweet tea. We talk about, I do, I often talk about love for sweet tea a lot. Love for ranch dressing, love for Chick-fil-A lemonade. You know, these are great things that I love. Um, I love my, I love my dog, uh, Collie. I, sometimes there have been moments when, uh, I haven't been too loving on her because some of you know, our personal family and our lives, that dog has not always been, um, uh, acting in loving ways herself. And so I've had to, to respond in ways and force myself. We're going to talk about this morning that love is a choice. And so I've had to choose at times to love her, but she is a great addition to our, our home. But I love my, my Collie. I love my wife. I love my church. I love Dr. Pepper. Not all in that order and not all in the same way, I might add. Society sends one message about love, and it often has to do with the sensual side. It often has to do with the way people look or the way people are portrayed. Um, today is Scout Sunday, and we're talking about love. But let me bring this in, guys. You guys, in many ways, lead the example of what it means to love with your faith, what it means to love your country, and what it means to love your community. And we are grateful, and our country is, is, is for the better uh, for all of the scouts uh, all over uh, the country who choose to love their country and choose to love uh, their community. I appreciate you guys and all the work that you do for our food pantry. We have a wonderful food pantry here, and you guys are a big part of that every year. And all the food that you help bring in from the community that are left on doorposts, and we are grateful for that. And I know the people who receive that food are also grateful, so thank you for that. The Bible has much to say about love. And again, over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at that. If you're not on Facebook or you are on Facebook, check out each day I'm posting uh, a scripture verse with just a, with a sentence or two for thought about that scripture verse. And so uh, check that out each day. I'm trying to be faithful about doing that. But this morning, we're going to look at some basics of love. Like I've called this Love 101. Uh, we're going to look at four basic reminders about love. And these thoughts are some of my own combined with the thoughts from a campaign that some churches did uh, a few years ago called 40 Days of Love. Now, we are doing something a little bit different, different and calling it 28 Days of Love. But I want to share four basic uh, reminders when it comes to love. And the first one is we love because God loves us. We love because God loves us. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We love because God has loved us. It doesn't say that God has love. It says God is love. And the reason why God wants you to love is because he is love. It is in his character. It is in his essence. He wants us to be like him. Later in 1 John 4, 19, it says we love because he first loved us. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I've heard other people say that um, they're, they're all kind of down on themselves and They've often come to me several times and just people have said, I just, pastor, I just, I just don't love God enough. I just, I, you know, I just, I, I don't love God. My problem is I just don't love him enough. But I would counter that with the problem is not the fact that you don't love God enough. Your problem is that you don't realize how much he loves you. I would say that uh, I may have been in that camp at one point in my life thinking, well, I, I just don't love God enough. I see what other people do for God and the great things that they do. And I think about my own life and I ask, what am I doing, you know, earlier in my life? But I would dare to say, and I hope you have experienced this as well, is that as we begin to put ourselves in environments, whether it's worship services or maybe it's a song or maybe it's a friend, when we truly begin to realize how great the love of God is for us, that it's irresistible, that it's, that it's uh, unconditional, 
when we begin to fathom even just a, a portion of how much he loves us, we can't help but to love other people. It can't help but to transform us, and it can't help but to change the way we see other people and the way that we see our world. It may be that we don't like the behavior, the actions of other people, or the choices of other people, but when we begin to allow God's love to take root and to grow and to flourish in our lives, we can't help but to see other people the way that Christ would have us to. I haven't arrived there yet, but I hope you will join me in this journey of learning what it means to love other people like Jesus loves us. We've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short, but yet God's love is consistent and and it's unconditional. This understanding about what it means to love, uh, I think, is best portrayed in a family environment. When, um, when a child knows that his parents have the best interest for him, it makes a difference. When you, when you realize your parents aren't being mean, when they say, don't go play in the street, there's a reason they don't want you to play in the street. They love you, and they don't want you to get hurt. Years ago, um, I was at the Mills home. I'm grateful for Jim Edmondson, Mary Newcomb's father that was here uh, several weeks ago and spoke on behalf of the children's home, but he shared some wonderful stories. I was there years ago when I was a freshman at Gardner-Webb. We went up as a focus group to do some things there, and um, I was hungry. And those of you who know me, you know I can eat. And uh, I, I was hungry. It was late one night, and they locked the kitchen, which was smart because this was a cottage of boys, and everything would be gone if, if, if they didn't. But they would lock the kitchen at night. And, so, uh, and she told me, she said, if you want a snack, just knock on my door, and I'll come and unlock, and we'll get you something to eat. And this lady was somewhat older, and um, maybe I shouldn't have knocked on her door now to think about it, but I, I did knock on her door, and she unlocked the kitchen, and instead of just saying, you help yourself, she, she said, well, let's sit down. And she started asking me questions about myself, and I started asking questions about, uh, I started asking her questions about the boys here at the cottage and how long she had been doing this, and it had been a large por- portion of her life that she had been a house parent for these boys at the Mills home there in Thomasville. And uh, one of the things that she said was, she said, Keith, she said, I love all these kids. But she said, I have to show them what kind of love I have for them, or I have to wait before I tell them I love you. Because she said some of their parents have said I love you and have beaten them or have done horrible things to them. And so she said, I don't want them to associate love with a, a bad example that they've had in their home. So she said, after a while, when I build a relationship with them, I will share with them, I love you. And she said, they'll often respond back. And she said, I've often seen that their behavior begins to improve when they realize that I love them and I have their best interests at heart. And so um, it's important, I guess the message here is important for us to both speak words that I love you. I'm beginning to do that with many in the congregation when they're going, you guys are going through difficult times. I've said it just recently. I'll say, I love, I'll say, I love you. I'm thinking about you and praying for you. And um, I didn't do that at first when I first came here in my first few months of having phone conversations or visiting with somebody in the hospital room. But I see myself beginning to do that more because the relationship, again, is developing. But we have that desire to please. We have that desire to love others because of the love, again, that we have been shown. When we understand the great love that God has for us, it's a game changer. We may begin, we're walking off in this direction, and when God begins to just reveal himself in powerful ways and his great love for us, it begins to change the way, not only that we see others, but the way that we see the world and the way that we see our future. And for some, it may even mean a career change, career change as God begins to work and move in our heart. 1 John 4, 16, John has a lot to say about love in all of his, his, um, his writings. We have come to know and have believed that love which God has for us 
or excuse me, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. He gives us the ability to love, even to love the unlovely. Another basic reminder that I want us to uh, spend a moment on this morning is that love is a choice and a commitment. Love is a choice and a commitment. Marriage is a great example of this. There are many days when you don't always feel like loving or responding in a loving way to something that's being said or whatever it may be. Um, uh, an example this week, you know, uh, it's late at night and you realize that something is needed for the next day, especially if you have children in the home, you realize that, you know, such and such is there's nothing for snack or lunch or there's nothing for this or that, whatever it may be, or that maybe there's a family need and you have to go out that night and you look at your spouse and you're like, you want to go out? No, I, I don't want to go out either. Why don't you go out? And you go back and forth with this for a while. But finally, Somebody goes out because the job has to get done. Whatever, it, whatever the medicine or whatever the thing is has to be purchased that night before you go to bed so you'll have it the next morning uh, when you head off on your day. And so finally, that's why I say some choice. Nobody felt like going out of the house late at night, especially when it's 20 degrees and you've already settled in for the night to get something that's needed for the next day. But oftentimes love is a choice and a commitment. I hope that you have always felt like loving those in your home, but there are times when those feelings aren't there. And again, we have to choose to love anyway. Moses said something about this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. He said, so choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him. Again, he says, choose, and then later, to love the Lord your God and commit yourself to him. The same principle is true about all relationships. We must choose to love God. God isn't going uh, to, to force you to love him. You can thumb your nose at God and, and go a totally different way, and you can destroy your life if you want to. God won't force you to love him because love cannot be forced. Again, it's a choice. But as it says in the scripture passage, choose. I have chosen to love God, and I have chosen to commit myself to him. And it's the same with everything else. I choose to love you and I choose to commit myself to you. The other reminder today is that love is an action, not just an emotion. Love is an action and not just an emotion. We can't say we love you and then not act upon it. If it is, we would be known as a hypocrite. We would be known as uh, not being true to our word. Emotions are good. We all have, we all have emotions. Um, and, uh, but it's not just emotions that lead us in our loving relationships. Tina Turner, um, you didn't think your pastor was going to be talking about Tina Turner today, did you, in this sermon? Uh, she wrote a song many years ago. You remember what it's called? What's love got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? And love is more than an emotion. 1 John 3, 18, John writes, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. You can talk a good act. You can, I love people, but do you really love them? Let's see how you act toward them. It's, it's like the girlfriend maybe who said of her boyfriend, he's always saying, honey, I would die for you. She said, you always say that, but you never do it. Anyway. <laughs> um, but love, love, is something, love is something that you do. Acting in love when you don't feel like it is the highest form of love. And I think all of you can relate to that. I just use the example of family, but you know, when you don't want to go out, it's late at night, it's cold, or when 
you know the ones that you love have acted in a way that has completely been inappropriate. It's completely not the values that your family stands for. But yet, you know, you have every right to just ground them until they're 20, you know, or if you're a parent or, or whatever it is, you have the right to maybe give your spouse the silent treatment, which is terrible. Um, or you, you feel like you, I've got every right to do this. But love chooses to act in ways even when it is undeserved. It, you know, to love others that love us takes nothing, uh, not, nothing at all. I think Jesus had something to say about that. But to love when others have treated us in a way that is unloving is the true test. Anybody who's had children knows that when they're little babies, you don't always feel like, again, it's not just an emotion, you don't always feel like getting up five or six times a night. You don't just say, hey, I've slept a couple hours, I want to get up now. Um, but you don't feel like getting up five or six times in the night, but you do it, and you do it why? You do it because you love them and you want to care for them. You want to see if there's a need there that needs to be addressed. And the last reminder for us this morning is that love is a skill that I can learn. If you remember, I said at the very beginning of the sermon, I said, I think we could all use a little bit of help in this area. I know I could. And uh, this is a skill that we can learn. You get better at it. You can become an expert at relationships. God wants you to become good at loving other people. We want our church to be known, not as a church with a beautiful building and great music and all these wonderful ministries, but wouldn't it be great if the community comes to know Boiling Springs Baptist Church as, you know what, they love you. When you're there or when just in the community, the people at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, they are loving people. They love you when you're there for worship. They love you in the community. They're, 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 they're not only telling people they love them, they're, they're uh, serving and loving the community with their food pantry and with their other ministries within the community. And wouldn't it be great as a church if we were known for our love? I can't think of a greater compliment that our church could be given. And not only can we be known for our love, but wouldn't it be great if we can teach people how to love? Again, it's a skill that we can learn. We can get better at this. Renee keeps telling me that I can get better at this, you know? Um, but uh, it's, it's something that we can learn, and it's something that we all need, need a little bit of help in. So what we're going to do over the next three Sundays is have some lessons on loving. And hopefully, our love for each other and for others will grow throughout this month, and not only throughout this month, but it will continue as we move throughout 2017. The Living Bible says in 1 John 4, 7, which I think I have on a slide, it says, dear friends, let us practice loving each other. If love is a skill that we can learn, then we need to practice, don't we? There are two teams playing for a, a, a little game tonight, I understand. Um, and you know what? It would be my hunch that those guys have, didn't just show up and, 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 and get to the Super Bowl, but they had to practice. Most of them started when they were I guess, what do you call it? Little peewee football teams, you know? They started when they were young. And whether it was football or it's basketball or whether it's music or whether it's uh, education or being a professor, a teacher, whatever it is, you can't just arrive. You have to work on it. It's a skill that has to be learned. It has to be developed. First John 4, 7 says, let us practice loving each other for love comes from God. And those who are loving and kind show that they are the children of God and that they are getting to know him better. Another great verse is 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And this is out of the message translation. Eugene Peterson writes this as a paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence and not mere hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. And if you fail the test, do something about it. 
I love that. It's a great paraphrase. If you look that up in regular translation, it's a very short verse. Uh, but I love Eugene Peterson's and his thoughts about first, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. So love is something that we can work on. It's something that we can learn. It's something that we can get better at. I want to mention a few categories just quickly this morning. If you're serious about uh, this, you can try to remember them or you may want to jot them down. But it's a little bit of a test that you can do later after the service this morning about how you are in, in the practice of love towards those in your, in your world. Um, what you could do is you could do a scale from one to 10. One could be poor and 10 could be great. And you could make a list. You could start, you could put parents. How are you at loving your parents? And some of you, whether that means you're a child or a youth or a young adult, you still have your parents there, I would hope, um, if you've been blessed to, to, to still have them. But if you're a middle-aged, older adult and your parents are still there, think about it. How am I in, in my relationship with my parents? Is it poor? Or is it great? You can think of these other areas. How am I in my marriage to, towards my spouse? Or if you have a, a prospect or a, or a, uh, a, um, uh, a special uh, someone in your life, how are you uh, in, in relating with them? What about a relative? What about coworkers? What about children, neighbors? What about um, different and difficult people? You guys probably don't have any of those in your life, do you? Um, um, students. For teachers, that may be your different or difficult people. I don't know. Um, but, you know, students, all of those in your life, you just make a list and then put one beside it, meaning poor or 10, and then circle one of the numbers in there. And how are you? Sometimes, like I said earlier, it's easy to love those who love us back, but it's much harder. And we kind of we need the Spirit's help in loving others that aren't always loving towards us. A verse that was read earlier is John 13, 35. It's been one of my favorite verses for, for some time, especially in relationship to the church and to the body of Christ. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. I want to share a quick story with you. It came from a man who felt overwhelmed by, uh, from a, a mom who felt overwhelmed by her children, her schedule, her responsibilities, and her busyness with the home. She said, she wrote in, I uh, read this week, all, seem to do, all, all I seem to do is nag and bark at and scold my kids in, in, incessantly. When I looked at myself, I honestly saw a shrew. In my tears, I cried out to God. She was reading 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter we'll be looking at more in, the, in this month. And in her reading, she said, five words leaped out at me. The words were, without love, I am nothing. So she wrote those words and put them on her refrigerator, in her car, and on her mirror where she could see them all the time. Here's what she said. I realized that the single most important thing that I could do was to love my family. So I began to live my life by the love of Jesus. I began to run my home on love power. It was as transforming as when I accepted Christ into my life. It changed everything. Focusing on love brought the happiness back into my life and my home. In some of Jesus' last words to his disciples, in John 13, as he was about to go to the cross, he looked at them and he said, a new command that I give you today, that you love one another. He could have said a lot of things at that moment about be strong, do this, do that. But he said, a new command that I give you today, that you love one another. And then he said, by this, all men will know that you are mine, that you belong to me because you love one another. The true mark of a believer 
is love. He didn't say the world will know that you were mine because of your bumper stickers or because of your beautiful building or because of uh, all the Christian paraphernalia that we can buy. We can get Christian watches and Christian socks and ties and Christian everything. But the one characteristic that Jesus said will tell the world that we are his is our love for one another. Do people know you're a follower of Jesus Christ because, because you are the most loving person they know? Let me repeat that again. Do people know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ because you are the most loving person they know? Last verse I want to mention is Philippians 1.9. And in that verse, out of the New Century Version, Paul writes, this is my prayer for you, that your love will grow more and more and that you will have the knowledge and understand, that you will have knowledge and understanding with your love. I don't know about you, but I want to grow more in this idea. It's not just an idea. I want to grow more in my loving relationship, my loving relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to grow deeper and stronger in my love relationship with my wife and with my son and with my community, with my church and with my world. And I confess before you uh, that it's not always easy. I don't have all the answers. I told you I'm not the love doctor. That was Renee's doctor. Um, but uh, but I desire, and I ask you and invite you to join with me in that journey this morning. What the world needs today is not more oratory. It's not more bold leaders, although those are so vitally important to, to our world today. What the world needs now goes back to that song that I played, that was played as I came to the pulpit today. What the world needs now is love. And I'm not saying it's always easy. It's not. Scripture tells us that there's no greater love, there's no, there's no greater love hath no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friend. God's great love for you has been demonstrated through his son, Jesus Christ. The love that he has for you is at times almost incomprehensible. It's inexplicable. It's, um, I could go on and on about how great the love of God is. I could use all the big eloquent words that I could find and even choose some Greek words in there, but it would still not do enough to satisfy the great meaning behind the fact that Jesus loves you. It does something to our souls at times to wake up when we're in the midst of chaos and confusion, whether it's in our world or in our own lives or our own family, to, to repeat these words, to say, I am loved. I am loved. And at least we can experience some peace and some, uh, begin to tune our hearts in the right direction toward hearing, hearing from God when we remind ourselves that we are loved by him. If you're here today and you've never responded to the great, magnificent, and awesome love of God, I can't think of any greater decision that you could make today than to respond and commit your life to a loving God. If you're here today and, and maybe you're in need of some renewal, maybe you know that your love life, and I say that not romantically, I say it in, in regards to how you treat family and friends, coworkers, you, whatever. Uh, maybe you realize your love life is not where it needs to be. Um, we're, gonna, and we're gonna have a time of response. We're gonna sing a song today that uh, goes along with um, John 13, 35. Uh, they'll know we are Christians by our love. It's a great song. Many of you may have learned long ago, and I think Kendry's going to help us with that here in just a moment. But a wonderful song. We are singing all three verses. We'll sing more if we need to. But uh, I want to encourage you and uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart as we begin not only this day, but throughout this month to talk more about love. Let's let the love of God speak to us and lead us, challenge us, and convict us, and to guide us 
into the path that he would have us to go. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each one here. Lord, we confess that we have a lot to learn when it comes to love. And so, Father, give us hearts that are pliable. Give us hearts that are open, minds that are uh, willing to accept the things that you would have us to learn. And Father, help us not to just learn more about love, but help it to be evident in our lives. And Father, as we do that, Lord, may those within this community and those within our, um, our world each day, Father, see us as people who love you, not as perfect people, but people who desire to live out the love that you have so graciously and abundantly given to each of us. Father, we love you today, and we ask for you to speak now as we sing together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. So I thought it was um, guitar day, so I thought it would be nice if we had uh, a guitar ensemble accompany us on this last hymn. They'll know we are Christians. Are you ready, guys? We are We have a wonderful meal prepared for you over in the LEC. I would encourage you to come and be a part of this. If you're able to give a donation, um, we would welcome that. The money will be going to help those who have um, aged out of foster care. There's a facility being built for them here in uh, Cleveland County, and the monies will go to help fund uh, one area for the girls, one area for the guys. Yet another way that we can demonstrate our love for our community and love for our Lord. So if you can come, maybe you haven't planned on, you don't know what your lunch plans are. If you haven't planned on coming, please stay with us. We have plenty and would love for you to come and, and be a part of that. Also, great news, church directories are here and you can get yours today. I know I say that with enthusiasm because it sounds like a few years ago, you had to wait about a year to get them. So they are here today. And so please uh, sign, Heidi and some others will be over there, Betsy and maybe others, where you can please sign your picture so we will know that you have your one directory so that your family didn't get two or three directories. And if you are, did not get your picture made in the directory, you can purchase one today as well. 
And I want to challenge you, and we're about to close. I want to challenge you to do something today, though, that I have begun to do this last week. As you receive your new directory, find your picture, if your picture's in it. If not, you can choose a different order. But find your picture and go to the right and begin praying through the directory. It may take you a little while, but I would invite you to join me in doing that. It's a way for us to get to know each other better as a church family, and it's a way for us to really express love and concern for each other when we're going through difficult times as well. So find your picture in that directory, look to the picture to your right, and begin praying either for one or two a day or four or five a day, whatever it may be, until you can work your way through the directory. Uh, It's been good to be here together this morning. Daryl, thank you for your leadership again with the Scouts. Thank you, guys. You look good. Uh, Thank you for helping with the offering this morning and for all that you do and continue to do for our community. We really appreciate it. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we're grateful for your presence here today. Lord, teach us more about what it is to love you with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Me and the congregational response. Sorry. Go ahead. Show.